0: Hey guys, it's Grego here. Welcome to another episode of the the Culture Podcast. Soccer Podcast for us, by us. Still talking about the intersection of soccer and black culture. Got a special episode for you guys this week. Um, did get a chance to record a full episode this week. Um, a lot of different stuff has been happening the uh, past few days, both personally and with the culture and yeah I just didn't feel like you know recording just was in our spirit this week and sometimes that shit happens but um then we'll leave you guys empty handed in fact we are finally dropping something that we've been joking about referring to for pretty much since we first started this pod- podcast uh, promotion relegation and hopefully you guys enjoy our take on this uh, we're linked up with our fan from Two Cents FC L Johnson and Moby Akugo and uh, we're on this uh, two episodes here to you know kind of give our take on this It's by no means an uh, end all be all conversation because in fact I think that we still left more on the table that really could be discussed um, in regards to how United States soccer goes about, if at all, tackling the prospect of promotional relegation within our professional system. Um, but uh, hopefully, you guys enjoy this. Um, you know, obviously, like a lot of you, we're still taking the news with Breonna Taylor internalizing that and given our thoughts on that and we'll have more on that uh, next on next week's episode. Um, For those of you who missed last week's episode, uh, our feature in the athletic with Felipe Cardenas was finally published uh, last week and um, got a a lot of good feedback on that. Got some things that kind of got twisted, so to speak, not, not, um, not intentionally, but you know, sometimes, shit gets lost in context, and we'll go over that next week as well. But um, hopefully, if you haven't already, that's available in the soccer section at theathletic.com. Um, I do think it's a, a good article to check out on the black soccer culture here in Atlanta, which we've been proud to be a part of. But, um, but yeah, that's, um. Uh, really all i got for this week um uh quick update everyone who's got nameset orders at ftcutd.myshopify.com. those orders are all out you should probably have received them by now if you haven't already if you got any issues with that just uh uh hit us up and of course Keep showing your love, keep making your orders, FTC, UTD, not my shopify.com, shirts, namesets, hats. It's starting to cool down a little bit, so we'll probably put the, um, the hoodies back out uh, pretty soon. So be on the lookout for that. But, um, but yeah, promotion relegation this time. So let's go. Grab TK. What's good? What's good, TK? On, You're on what mute. Is,
1: what is this? What is this? Hey, what's going on, folks? <laughs> Back See, well, here to say what's up. Feeling great. Feeling good. How and so, are and, you?
0: Hey, hey, I'm, I'm I'm chilling. Like I said, this, so far this break has been a little a little painful. But hey, we're not going to talk about that. We're talking about going to talk about pro Porel. And for this episode, <laughs> we got our homies from Two Cents FC. We got. Our boy L. Johnson got a homie. What's good? What's good, fam?
2: What's good, man? Chilling, happy to be here. Happy to be back. It's like my second time on the show,
0: yeah. And you're, and you're actually talking this time, so hey, you're pre <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> What's good, Moby? How you feeling? Yeah, it's good to run it back. Uh, you got us set up for a nice little convo tonight, so it's always a pleasure to connect with y'all,
0: indeed, indeed, indeed. Oh. Of course, uh. We're still on break, but again, you, you can still find us on the social FTCUTD. Don't forget to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Anchor. There's a lot of them. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I said we're on break, so but still, find us, get at us.
1: Welcome to so, the podcast, fellas.
0: But, uh, but yeah, Um Purwell why are we doing this episode because hey one i'm i am bored two we've been I've, I've been i've been i've been talking about this for like shit like since october of 2018 like really like and I figured, you know what why not do it and so let's let's set the table real quick for um for you guys here and we'll, we'll give you guys you know what to kind of expect here um Pro well, for those who don't know, is short for promotion and relegation. It's a mechanism used in sports, not just soccer, where basically at the bottom of each league, you have the bottom performers that, if they are pretty much dead last within each group, they get dropped down to a second division or third division, or depending on how deep your your sports system is in that country. And the system and the league below that their top teams get a chance to move up. So let's say, like in, in our case, let's say if MLS ever, ever got promotion relegation, you would basically have, um, well, get, based on how the MLS's back tournament went, La United would get <laughs> relegated. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, basically like the, the least performing teams would get dropped down to our second division, which is technically the USL Championship. And their top performing teams, which I think last year their champion was, um, uh, what's the thing? Salt, Salt,
3: Salt, uh, Salt Lake. Uh, yeah, Salt, it'll, Salt Lake. Be, okay. it'll be it'll be kind of weird because yeah. yeah.
0: See, we can go into that part too because it, like there are some countries that actually do that kind of stuff, and they have ways around it. But we'll we'll we'll, we'll see we'll, we'll see where this goes. But um, but yeah, like we because. Uh, for for those of you who are especially active on Twitter, that's definitely a subject that always catches a lot of debate depending on what day it is. Like I'm like I'm pretty sure I have discussed perrell probably at least two or three times a week on, on the socials. And yeah, like sometimes depending on who you're talking to, you might have some people who are very much for it. Yeah, some people who are very much against it. I want to bring the two cents guys on. And kind of get their perspective on things, especially um, Mo, because you've been on both sides of it, um, being both played in both MLS and in USL, and seeing like how this, uh, how the current structure of the of American soccer has kind of affected the quality, the 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 aggression, I guess you could say, uh, and and let us know like like would Perwell actually benefit? american soccer and uh like i said we'll go into that but um but of course uh i didn't want to just be just throw y'all up in here and, and not tell the people who you, who you guys are you know let us people know about about two cents what's good
3: i want to take it yeah. all
0: right
2: well we're um two cents fc we're the soccer show for two cents sports which is kind of a little umbrella sports brand uh Sports media brand centered around the intersection of sports and Black culture. Um, I'm, I'm L. Johnson. I'm one of the co-founders of Tucson Sports. Uh, always been, a, always had a love for soccer. Always, you know, Atlanta United fans. So that's how I met Greg and and everyone else. Um, and really, just had a love for soccer, and like felt like I wanted to kind of see more content. Around you know black culture and soccer and all, you know, cool with the homie Omobi. Um and I know he's been itching to like get into some soccer content. You know, most of his content is really like business based and athlete business based. So I know he's been itching to, you know, get his stuff off on the on the soccer side. So um had an idea to start the show and got him on board. Originally I was just gonna, you know, produce, but somehow I ended up on the B mic. And the rest is history.
0: <laughs> <laughs> He's come a long way, guys. He's come a very long way.
2: <laughs> yeah. And Moby, what about you, man?
3: Yeah, to add to that, uh, Two Cents FC, um, it started, I mean, obviously it's under the umbrella of Two Cents Sports. And what L and Chris were doing, I was like, you know, I got to get involved somehow. And uh, we've been talking for quite some time about figuring out different ways to do soccer content. Cause I'll be like tweeting every now and then about some soccer stuff, but like to have a platform where we have a show and like create content around soccer and specifically, you know, the, the black culture within soccer or like just from the black mindset. Um, um, that's what we're all about. So um, we got a lot of things in the works. It's been fun. Um, I'm having a great time doing it. So two cents FC. Um, you just get that real talk. Yeah, that's that's the best way to put it.
0: Indeed, indeed, indeed.
3: And
2: add something to that point, like like there's a lot of us kind of coming up right now. So you got, you know, FTC's veterans in the game right now. You got shirtless Plantain Show, Black Arrow, you know, River River City 93. Like we all gotta come together, stick together, you know what I'm saying, and kind of form a cartel so we can (laughs) fully make sure the culture is represented correctly you know what i mean
0: yeah 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 we um i think I don't we know might if have y'all... something going works i think we might have something that works on that uh okay got to got uh, to stay, stay tuned stay tuned on that like i said we're we're on break so a lot of things are are cooking uh while we're on break but um but yeah um let's 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 get into it cuz like i said this is basically the uh culture special we're going to talk – about Pro and and just get right it right go right into it. So promotion and relegation. You'll probably have a nice graphic for this, TK. So yeah, you go ahead. Just you know, break it down. But um, but yeah. Would you Would you like to? So okay, let's let's do this. In American soccer, we have what's called a closed system. Basically, what that means is that the teams that are in each league, whether it be MLS. USL Championship, USL League One, USL League Two, and NISA—they're all basically the teams are, are are where they're at. And no matter what happens that that particular year, nobody drops, nobody gets promoted. They stay where they're at, you know, unless a team from USL starts to buy in the MLS, and that's a you know whole whole other story. But um, <laughs> typically in in, uh, so- especially in soccer What you see is what we ta- talked about earlier Where teams move up And teams um, Get dropped down A prominent example of uh, Promotional relegation Is uh, Lester City, Who came down Who came from I think it was fourth division In English football And worked their way up and became uh, EPL champions in uh, 2017 if I'm not mistaken And but here that can't happen. And just want to, you know, get you guys thoughts on, you know, what would be the benefits of a pro I'm here. What, like what are you guys general perception on
3: ProRail in general? Like what, what, what you guys got? Yeah, I guess I'll go. I mean, I think it, I think, I think, you. I think you need it. I like, I like ProRel. Um, as a soccer player, as a soccer fan, you know, you're having something to fight for for the whole season. Obviously, people can make the argument like those mid-table clubs, like they have nothing for the fight for. But when you have different tiers, of Champions League, um, you know, Europa League, League Cups. And then depending on where you place, you get a different percentage of the revenue, like from TV, um, from TV revenue and different things like that. You know, every game means something. And never going to have a Leicester City happen in, in the United States. You have, you know, when Open Cup is popular and one of those, like, public teams or, like, the NASL teams or the USL teams makes, like, a large run, you could see the excitement within the fans and they want them to go far. But imagine if that was the case, you know, for a whole season where, for example, last year, Phoenix Rising, um, they won the Supporters' Shield for USL Championship. About five six of their players went to MLS squads um but imagine if they played um they kept the same group and played in mls um i think that would be interesting i'm not saying they would go and win mls cup or supporter shield or anything like that but they would definitely compete with vancouver and colorado at least from that from that year i, I, I i'm willing to put money on that so i definitely think like you're kind of hamstringing some soccer players when they're playing for a USL squad or a lower level team because unless they get picked up they have a good agent they're not going to be able to make that it's going to be a lot harder to make that next step mm-hmm. um, to a higher league because of no promotion relegation that's just my opinion looking at it from you know both playing and observing
0: now I know TK you back of course you you spent some time in England like What was your perspective like on the ground from the ground level of course? You have a very special love for a certain English team. So like, you know, like what what was uh, your experiences um, uh, back in England?
1: I would say um, what my experience would be is it gives you the opportunity to see a lot of things at a ground level. And what that really essentially does is just give access. So, someone who's like me, I'm a, a military kid. I'm, you know, I don't, I'm, I, there's no telling how long I'll actually be living there in the country. Uh, you know, Uncle Sam could give my parents a notice and I'm gone in a week. But it provided me with an opportunity to go play with kids and see, be exposed to a culture. Uh, and uh, I grew up over in Ipswich, so I have an affinity with that club uh, as well as Chelsea. But it, it gave me just a whole bunch of exposure at a very ground based level and i don't think that i would have had that otherwise you know
0: what you got big L
2: yeah i I'm, I'm personally for pro reel i like the competition i'm let's say i'm pro competition let's put it like that yeah. um allowing these top usl teams to move up to um to mls and to compete at the highest level I think it, could, it has a possibility to strengthen um, the soccer pyramid in America, especially if there's if it's kind of similar to um, to England, where you get a fat check if you get promoted. You know that can help you know build in both for your team at the next level. Um, so overall, I'm I'm for, I'm for the competition aspect of it. I, I know
0: why it would be difficult here, but um, I go, feel like let's go into that. Why why, okay. why why would it be difficult here in America? Well, obviously
2: the closed franchise method of MLS makes it much harder to kind of cut new teams in on the revenue model. Mm. Um, you know, getting into you know soccer United marketing and all that other stuff um, with this kind of being an equity situation. So, like all of these, all these owners like have equity stake in MLS, so they bought in to a degree. So, so it's not like Oh, there's a revenue check and they get split between teams and it doesn't matter what teams are in the league. Like these guys invested in the league technically by buying a franchise. So it's a little harder um, to just kind of kick them out if their team underperforms. Um, there's some other legal things. So like obviously the structure will have to change. Um, so you have to kind of get out of the franchise model and get into like a single club ownership, single, you know, most multi-entity club ownership model um for it to work properly, I feel. Um I think it could work better in USL. I know there's been talks of it. Um because USL has multi multiple tiers in one under one brand. So mm-hmm. I think it's a little easier to move up and down. Um but that jump from championship to MLS, I feel like would be a lot harder. But 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 that's where the real competition jump is. I think in the in the USL ranks you can probably develop a, a proof of concept. But once you get, you know, championship to MLS, that's when we really see if it could work. And I feel like it'll be difficult to make that jump because of the, the business
0: structure. Somewhat. I think that because um, keep in mind that. From where MLS has come from, where I think maybe like 10, 15 years ago, like over half the teams were owned by two guys like AEG and um Hunt. Yeah, and Hunt. Yeah. And, of course, now we're at a point where everyone has essentially their own um, owner, even though with the structure, they're basically the operator of Atlanta or Columbus and whatnot. But if not, like we actually, I think we could uh, get to a point where every team is actually their own owner and we are able to at least free the teams up to do, do as they please. But so we'll, we'll get there. So I said, we're, we're, we're kind of free balling here. But, um, but yeah, I think that uh, given the, the structure of MLS and USL, there definitely is a conflict as far as the general operation of, of, uh, of each league uh, and, of course, the USL system as a whole. Um, I know you've worked, you've played on, on, on both sides. Like, has there been, is there a advantages and drawbacks to each, each side? Like what, like what's, what's been your experience?
3: I think the toughest part um, of having pro-rel would be the, the, the fact that United States is so big, you know, in England and in Germany and in, in Spain, all these, you know, you can get to the other side of the country, you know, with the, you know, train ride or bus or, you know, simple charter flight. So doing that for the United States, you know, LASC Atlanta, Seattle, Toronto, um, they have, you know, much deeper pockets than say um, other teams in the league. So from a, from a competitive standpoint, um, like you alluded to earlier, the fact that, you know, the owners invested into MLS, it would look a little bit different and the the fact that they, like, we invested however many million dollars to be in this league and now we're out because of one bad season. Um, I don't think they could get behind that. Mm -hmm. But from a competitive standpoint, you know, I've been on teams where we know we're not getting a trophy and we don't have to worry about relegation by July, August.
0: Mm -hmm.
3: Those games after, like, you only, you're playing to keep a contract at that point. You're not playing to, like, stay alive. You actually get rewarded, you know? You get the first-round draft pick. You get allocation money. You get all these di- different things. So from a player standpoint, it's like I'm just trying to play. I'm trying to ball out so I make sure my option's picked up. I make sure, you know, my contract's intact. But, I mean, if we lose, if we win, it doesn't really matter. I mean, obviously it matters if you, like, you lose because you have uh, – a better chance of or worse chance of trying to stay on the team but in terms of like you're not going to get punished like your salary is going to drop in half because you got relegated they don't have that um you don't have that like that bite and that's why a lot of you know south americans europeans african players when they come over here they love it and i'm not i'm not even captain they love it like the, the fact that there's no pressure where you know they can go to the grocery store and oh, better luck next time, better, better luck next year. You know, we're going to get rid of the coach and we're going to have some more money to work with and you'll be back to normal. Whereas over there, it's like, yo, what are you doing? Like, why are you out on a Friday night getting dinner? You know, you got a you gotta game tomorrow. And we need these three points or else we're back in the championship or league one or whatever. Like those things, it's just, it, I can't explain it because I've never been in pro row, but like hearing the stories from, you know players that i've played with you can just tell like there's pressure in every game whereas you don't have that and i'm not that's not to say that not every game in MLS or USL is not a pressure moment but it's just a different it's just a different feeling wow wow that's that's
0: that's that's definitely interesting um you actually uh, brought up something that uh i was i was going to ask about but um I'm gonna stick with a sick, something else real quick. Uh, um,
1: I'm gonna Blake. Hang on real quick. Why are you um, thinking? Let me jump in real fast. What you got? So, what would you do to say um, to you know to, to slightly alter these these circumstances uh, that, are rather, these restraints that the are in place with the closed loop of a league? Um, like, what if you're buying equity? buying a team into the league but there is a clause that you're only safe for four seasons and then you are then eligible to be relegated based on performance and you know maybe within that package there's some sort of financial stipends to you know allow for Travel the players, you know, so due to the the country being so big and you know, things to make sure the players are still going to be able to take care of themselves and put in a performance. Um, but maybe that could be a path that you know is explored to kind of see what what could happen to a potential pro relegation in this country. Um, I actually think that that's something
0: that's similar to, uh, to what Mexico was doing because i like. Of course, they uh, just recently decided to, at least temporarily, drop promotional legation in Mexico. But they had something similar to where I think, like, if you accumulated like the the team records like over like two or three seasons, and and then kind of determine Porel. Of course, I think I think what gets often gets kind of twisted um, as far as the perception of Porel is that it's the same from country to country, and. The truth is, it's actually very. It's the the only thing that's similar is the actual construct of okay, teams go up, teams go down, but everyone has their own different methods as far as how those spots are determined, and and some might have a playoff. some might accumulate points, like some just as as, as hey, whoever finishes, that's that's where they're at, and uh, I, th- I definitely think that you know from what we do here. And from what everyone else does in, in a general sense, it's a lot of middle ground there. And I think that what we could provide is something that's still very American, but at the same time uh, provides for that competition because that, that was uh, something I was, was going to get at uh, with you, uh, L. Because you mentioned competition, and I, like, what what do you see as far as like? Because that's something that I, I, hop, I harp on a lot is that the level of competition here, it definitely lacks as compared to other, other uh, countries um, as far as the, state, like, so the intensity that uh, that each game is getting. Like I said, like, if you're, if you know, your season's done by August and you still got another two months, like that's a, that's a, that's a bit of a drag right there. Like, um, like what's your, what's your thoughts on that?
2: Um, I think on the MLS level, kind of to what Amobi was saying the competition does suffer a little bit because there's a little bit, there's more guarantees. I would say USL um, there might still be that fight because they're trying to get that. There's still a next, a next level for them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But there's still a, like, there's still the possibility they can get picked up for um picked up by MLS team or something like that. So even if they, even if their team goes like, Oh, in however many games they play, like you still got guys fighting and playing hard because like they got all right, I got I got enough tape where so I can get, you know, possibly get picked up by a, either a, a MLS owned USL team or you know, an MLS team itself. So um to answer your question, I think on the MLS level, that's where you kind of see the competition lapses because already at the top level. Um unless they're unless they're in MLS as a stopgap, for Europe, I think a lot of times you see a lot of complacency kind of in that mid that
1: mid level. Do you think that there's, there's that brings me to it. Go,
2: go, go.
0: go ahead, TK. Okay. I
1: was gonna say that brings me to another question then. Is MLS truly a destination league? Or is it just a you know, just a a, path, a bypass? Uh
0: that's a great
2: question. Um, I think it's becoming a bypass. I think as they kind of shift the model a little bit like teams like Atlanta and like uh um I could say Red Bull roughly um you know LAFC kind of taking that that buy buy low sell high model um and the better quality of life here you mentioned like the pressures that some of these South American teams some of these South American players kind of face in their countries um you know, with not getting paid sometimes and stuff like that. So, like, there's some guarantees to kind of playing here and then using that as a stepping stone to get over to Europe, which is where mostly all of them want to, want to be. So I, I feel like it's, it's becoming a pass-through league, and that's not even – that's not necessarily a bad thing right now at this phase for MLS. I feel like it'll be good for raising the competition level, um, raising the quality of the, of the football, and, um, you know, eventually – you know once other things come into play like you know bigger tv contracts more exposure etc then you can start in loosening some of the purse strings then you can start attracting some of these other players from like europe and stuff in your prime to come over then you can kind of compete for like top league but i feel like right now in the phase that mls is in now i think it, i think it is it's becoming a pass-through league and that's not necessarily a bad thing
3: yeah uh... It's tough because it it, it it is a destination league in the sense that like, you know, everyone wants to lo- live in America, you know, you know you're going to get your paychecks on the 1st and 15th or the 15th and 30th, you know, you know, from the perspective of, you know, a European or South American player, African player, you know that your family's going to be good, healthcare is taken care of, you don't have to worry about threats from fans and things like that. But, Wherever, wherever you're going to get your money, that's that's the destination when it comes to a, a league. Um, so whether it's Carlos Vela that came at 29, 30, I know Ibra um, made like a joke about him being compared to Vela, and Vela came at 29. But if you're going to get paid $7 million, who's not going to say yes to that? Um,
0: yeah, yeah.
3: But Definitely. it's like <laughs> – so we had that
0: issue, um, what was it, back in like 2013, 2014, because we had Michael Bradley come back, Josie Onstor come back, uh, Jermaine Jones came over, Clint Dempsey came back, and, you know, the money that they were getting offered was was a lot, you know, yeah. a lot more than what we were getting back in Europe, and they were like, hey, the check clears, No, what you, <laughs> yeah. you want me to say?
3: <laughs> Like, yeah, at that point, it's like Josie – Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones, Clint Dempsey, they've played in Champions League. They've done all that. It's like I get to come back home, be close to my family, get paid stacks, and I don't have to worry about fighting every day for my position? Who's saying no to that? So in the sense of that, it's destination. Um, But for, like, the younger players, um, and I know MLS has been going through this issue, like do they become a destination league? Do they become a feeder league? And I think the model has to be feeder league. I think if you see – with where the world game is going, U S market can really take, take a foothold and, you know, get in front of the Belgium, get in front of the Dutch, get in front of the Portugal and be that kind of feeder league for whoever it is, young Americans, young South Americans, um, because those teams are coming over here and watching, you know, they're coming here and trying to get uh, bargains on transfer, transfer windows, transfer values. And it can really, it can really, they can really do a lot of good things if they figure out which model they want to go with.
0: You know, I, I, I've said for a good while that, given where MLS is right now, and honestly, not even just so much I'm strictly American soccer, but I think if you look at the entire purview of CONCACAF, Mexico, Canada, Honduras, Jamaica, all, all the Costa Rica, all the leagues. I think that by default, uh, it kind of has to be a feeder league because, and, and, and it all is considered. It's actually a pretty good feeder league because the one the players who who do go to you you have a much better chance of going to England or France or Germany from here as compared to Belgium and Norway, like like. You basically, basically have to truly stand out over there in the smaller countries as over here. You're you're getting better platform to get to a bigger league over in Europe. So there's always something to consider there. But I think that just in the general sense of where Concacaf is, there's only at at, at present point there's may, at best three top leagues in Concacaf. You have us. Mexico and Costa Rica. I'll say if, I, if I'm wrong on that, let me, let me know on that. But um no, you're right. But aside from that, but the best that, like,
3: the best feeder league right now is actually the Canadian Premier League in terms yo, of your players.
0: People yo, are. Shout out. Yo, shout out to my homies uh Jake and and Cal. Like they they've actually been putting me on to this uh, Canadian Premier League course. I've been advocating for this for like so long. Like you could probably. Find my shit on like message board from like ten years ago that Canadian uh, Canada had to have their own league, so that the season is actually come about is actually pretty dope. But, but yeah, like you, you see those basically those big three, and then but you look over to Europe and there's like basically like ten countries that like like top to bottom can give you good wages, can give you good competition, and really develop your game. And I think that as long as as long as the U.S. is is, is not providing the, the most competition you can offer, and until Canada is at least halfway of where we are at least, you, you're going to have that shortfall. Because I think that, because all in all, you need to have that steady competition here in order to the in order to build up what. North American soccer can be. But, um, but yeah, um, what, 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 do you have about you? I'm seeing, I've seen your notes real quick.
1: Oh, you know, just a little bit of housekeeping for, uh, for post-work, but, um, just like to maybe a little bit, dive a little bit further into other ways to, to modify the current system to somehow get this to work or, um, even on the, um, is MLS a feeder league, um, I think that we could potentially have a model like I feel like the German league is a pretty good example. I would say they're a feeder league, but I feel like they have a, a lot of good products that, you know, that they're putting out as far as players are concerned. So for me, I think you can look at the German league and maybe mimic a lot of what they're doing as far as the entire league of MLS is concerned. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Another thing I was thinking of today was uh, I was watching the Europa League fi- semifinal with uh, Inter and uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, And a lot of Brazilian players, like, that's the that's their pathway. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, like, if we could potentially have just a, a small caveat of that pathway, you know, where you're taking these Brazilian players, that's a club where they're known to – always transfer in those players and then potentially move them on to bigger clubs throughout Europe, um, you know, based on player preference and what's available. I think that there's some some room to navigate with that.
3: Uh, that's awesome. a great point you brought
1: up. Um, I, and let me tack on this. There's also a lot of European clubs. I, I can't remember who mentioned it, but they already have partnerships here in America. They They want access to this market. So... They're getting partnerships with local clubs and youth products or youth academies, things of that nature. So we really have to be able to, to make the, the Christian politic, I want to say, make that like an actual U.S. homegrown story as opposed to where he moves over, you know, do the connections with his family. We'll make that maybe where his story is he stayed in the U.S., earned his move or was at an academy that connected to a German club. And then so forth and so forth. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I feel like those partnerships, while good for the the players who are, you know, potentially have the access, um, can be a detriment to the US's growth as a feeder league because they're they're catching these kids early, getting them over to Europe, developing them, selling them off for millions, and the the academies. Are probably getting some kickbacks i know that they just kind of started the solidarity payment payment and stuff but say if pulisic did you know join an mls academy say well i will use atlanta united because that's who we that's who we rep um he joined atlanta, atlanta united's academy got some first team minutes and then got sold off to <laughs> Dortmund. from there you know that's a better that's a better success story than you know him leaving when he was like 12 and going over and training in, in Europe, you know, from there, because that's it's, come, it's almost expected out there. Yeah,
3: that's cute. Considering Atlanta's track record <laughs> with academy guys, I, I would keep pulling <laughs> far away from any Atlanta United situation. I just had you to point see, that out. You see this? All right, Dallas. I'm, I'm okay <laughs> with that. Uh, he,
1: the numbers don't lie. Currently, that is kind of the MO of <laughs> the home team. Uh, I (laughs) mean, send them up north to Philly or or New York, man. You got to go.
3: There's four teams you got to go to. Dallas, Real Salt Lake, Mm -hmm. New York Red Bulls, or Philly. I was going to say, what Mm. about
1: uh, NYFC? Just because of the the connection with the, was it uh, Manshir? I can't remember quite, but you know we're going to get in that.
0: Manchester? No,
1: Manchester City, but the Sheik, who owns the club. Sheik Mansoor or something Sheik like that. Sheik thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, yeah, you know.
3: and I'll and i add, add Orlando now because they have uh, Perea. If you're a young mm. player, you're not at one of those five teams. The chances drop drastically. I'm just letting you know right now.
0: That's 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 free pub from Abobi Kugo. Get out, get out of the kids.
1: Mm. <laughs> but, um, Orlando. Or can you, know you, can you parallel the uh, Alfonso Davies story, you know, as far as um, him going to, when did he, join
3: joined the academy at
1: like 12 or something maybe yeah. up in. Um,
0: yeah, make Vancouver, yeah,
3: Vancouver, yeah. So, I mean, Alfonso Davies is a once in a generation talent, like same with Pulisic. Um, obviously, Vancouver did a great job of, you know, giving them games at an early stage. But they almost try to mess him up. They didn't want him to go to Byron. They wanted him to go, that's you know, true. somewhere else, and they're trying to mess him up. That's the whole backstory behind that. that yeah, that's not yeah, my, yeah, heard that's about not my that. story yeah. to tell. But guys like Davies, guys like Pulisic, they're going to be found no matter where they play. They could be playing in, like, a back alley. Talents like those. Um, it's, it's really amazing to see, like, Davies, like, hit the shine that he's getting now, like, that, that, that sequence that he had. Um.
0: Man, if we were on break, I would go all day on that. <laughs>
3: yeah, but, like, but that's but, like I'm here moment. That's like his I'm here game.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you actually bring up something that um that kind of ties into this because uh, I often was often argued with uh, Pearl is the effect on development, and and how obviously you talk about from an early age where kids are starting up in the. Um, academies and everything, and they get to work their way up, Uh, one of the things that that isn't implemented into our system is is our transfer fees. And I think that – how can I put this? I think that the lack of an open system definitely uh, inhibits lower division teams from having a a substantial – Academy system to where they can also develop kids as well and only increase the overall playing pool, player pool as a whole. Like, what, what do you guys think?
3: I think you bring up a great point. You know, um, when it's kind of capped as a young player or a player at any age, you want to go to a team that gives you the best opportunity to reach a higher level, whether it's another team, whether it's a contract. Um, whatever it may be. So when the transfer windows is capped or there's like always a situation, like you talk about Academy, like if I'm a team, am I developing this talent to keep them within the squad or am I developing the talent to sell them off? And I feel like MLS teams have a hard time figuring that out. They try to play chicken in the egg. And then when it comes time to sell them, something happens, they want more than they should get. Um, and then the guy threatens, like, I'm just going to wait till a free transfer then they get traded. Something happens. So trying to figure out, like, what your philosophy is, what your vision is, and then stick with that. Obviously, things change over time. But I feel like with MLS teams, uh, not all of them, but for the most part, um, they don't really know. Um, and TK, you brought, an early, uh, brought up an earlier point with like Shak- Shakhtar Donetsk and like their feeder with you know, Brazil. Um, you know, a team that does a great job of that, obviously Atlanta with the South American pool, but LAFC specifically with Uruguay, you know, they have three players there already. And I think they almost have like a pipeline, like a like a plant out there where they have like an international scout in Uruguay consistently looking um, for players down there that help with their market and go from there. I think more teams should do that, especially um, in the MLS.
0: Yeah, I think we've, we... Uh, MLS has actually done a pretty good job um, mining into South America, especially countries like uh, Uruguay, Argentina, Venezuela. uh, I I know we're starting to get Paraguay. Yeah, Paraguay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like because a little bit of Brazil now. Yeah. Brazil's always been like a real tricky one because I think that uh, for a lot of people, of course they always get caught up in like the bigger names but i'm like there's so much talent there that isn't over in europe that you know just because you didn't get caca doesn't mean that there's a diego you know sitting sitting yeah. um at flamingo saying like hey come get me i'm ready
3: the and, thing is you got to deal with like the third party agents out there too so it kind of puts a hamstring on things
0: and that's probably why they they, they uh they probably discourage that more more than usual. But again, there's plenty of talent in South America. Just you know, how, it all depends on how you kind of go about it. But um,
3: yeah, there's plenty of talent here in the states too. They need to create some hot beds here. Woo, woo. We,
0: we can Thanks, get on that. Um, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. <laughs> hey,
1: I was just about to say. I think there's enough talent. Like it's great to have th- these models where you you know you have essentially like some gargoyles in each country that's like constantly scouting the best talent to and then making it almost seem via advertisement, LAFC that's the premier club to to go to if you're a Uruguayan player, so in any league in Uruguay that's like almost a a check mark, you want to hit it you know achievement, it's like okay I I made it, I'm going to improve my family's life tenfold and then whatever comes next comes next, but I think that we're also like totally out here like wow oh, it's a really good analogy it's like using a pitchfork instead of a rake and when we could be finding lots of jewels here in the American system and I think if we were able to apply whatever we needed to to do I don't obviously have that answer but you know some techniques whatever changes to more effectively groom Davises and Polistics, you know like those players are going to be found naturally but What about the other diamonds in the rough? You know, I think there's tons of those players, and we need to like the U.S. could have potentially better athletes than you know Brazil. Even like the crappy Brazilian players who never make it in Europe come to MLS and shine on half the squads. You know, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think that's 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 definitely true, and I think we need to get get up um, on the on the American effect, American player effect, in. in part two of this because like, we're gonna keep this this episode um, going and uh into part two uh, so stay tuned uh we got we got we got more to give y'all of course uh, make sure that you follow us on the social socials social, FTC U T D make sure you hit up our boys down at two cents FC at two cents F the uh, Twitter, Instagram where else you are y'all at Alan? Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Yeah, we're still on Facebook too, and we're not on on TikTok anymore. <laughs> PSA. We're not on TikTok. So yes, yeah, stay tuned for part two. We'll be right back. Uh,